Welcome back, everybody, to the D2 Women's Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, JP, and this week we will look at what transpired in the world of D2 Women's Basketball and take a deeper dive into the regions across the country. We have new rankings to discuss and where I think things are headed. I will also spotlight a player who's having a big impact for her team. Let's start with a couple of big games that happened this past week. First, I would like to take a look at our top 25 matchup that pitted number 5 ranked Minnesota State Mankato versus 23rd ranked Minnesota Duluth. This game was played in Mankato and did not disappoint for those looking for a close, exciting game. Minnesota State looked to me as the deeper team and the game felt like they were in control even though Minnesota Duluth held the lead for most of the game. What it really came down to was Minnesota Duluth making their shots and Minnesota State missing theirs. Minnesota State had more rebounds and fewer turnovers than Duluth, but still found themselves down 54-68 to at the end of the third quarter. To start the fourth quarter, however, Minnesota State turned it up and started cutting into that lead. Three minutes into the fourth, the Mavericks had gone on an 11-0 run and had cut the lead to three, 65-68. to at that point, Minnesota Duluth hit a couple of free throws for their first points of the quarter. Their drought continued, however, and Minnesota State went on another run, this time eight unanswered points to give the Mavericks a three-point lead with 2.40 left in the game. Duluth then got a couple of stops and a couple of free throws to cut that lead to one. Kaylee Nelson from Minnesota Duluth then hit a layup to give Duluth the lead by one point and making the first basket for Duluth of the quarter with one minute and two seconds left in the frame. Minnesota State answered with a shot from Destiny Bursch to give them back the lead with 46, 46 seconds remaining. With 33 seconds left, Nelson scored again on a great backdoor cut to take a nice pass from Brooke Olson to retake the lead 76-75. to Next possession, Duluth again got a stop and hit their free throws to ice the game. In the end, Minnesota Duluth was able to hold on by making stops when they had to and shooting 52% for the game. Minnesota State shot only 40% in this one, which isn't terrible, but when your opponent is hitting over 50%, it gets you beat. Another top 25 matchup this week was number six, Western Washington, playing rival number 24, Central Washington. This game was supposed to be a home game for Central, but due to gym renovations, was played 71 miles away from Ellensburg in Moses Lake, Washington. This led to a very small crowd. Western Washington got out to a slow start in this one and was behind 11 to 20 at the end of one. They have, however, got the ship righted and outscored Central Washington 71 to 50 the rest of the way to get the 82 to 70 victory. Katrina Jamaica led Western in this one with 22 points. Samantha Bowman led Central with 36 points and 15 rebounds. Lenore Rhine University was 14 and 0 and third ranked in the D2 Cida poll coming into this week. They put that unbeaten record on the line against Catawba at Catawba. Things did not go Lenore Rhine's way as they were outscored 50-27 to in the first half. Lenore Rhine was able to make it a little closer in the second half but still ended up losing 
75 to 58. Catawba won the rebounding battle 40 to 22. With that kind of lopsided effort on the glass, it's easy to see how Catawba won this game. Jania Downs had a great game for Catabra with 19 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 steals. These two teams will play again on January 25th, so maybe Lenore Ryan can get some revenge for having their perfect season ended. Indiana University of Pennsylvania, or IUP for short, was also unbeaten at the start of this week. They hosted 7-5 Mercyhurst University, looking to keep their season perfect. Mercyhurst jumped on them immediately, scoring 27 first quarter points to only 18 for IUP. In the second period, IUP was able to trim that lead slightly, cutting Mercyhurst's lead to 5 at the half. In the third, Mercyhurst built that lead back to 8 points, which is where the game finished 79-71. Mercyhurst was led by Jada Boyd, who had 19 points, but she had four teammates who also scored in double digits, leading this team to the win. Now I want to take a little closer look at the regions. First up is the Atlantic region. This region is led by last season's champ, Glenville State. They are 13-1 and would appear to have a firm lock on this region. I think the issue with the Atlantic region is that there are not very many good teams. The only team besides Glenville that is in the top 25 is the University of Charleston, and they're probably only ranked that high because they beat Glenville. Glenville has a tough time getting a game within their conference, and they pretty much just blow everybody out. The other conferences within the Atlantic don't seem to be any better, so it's really hard to tell how good Glenville really is. In the central region, there are lots of good teams, but this region is led by, un led by unbeaten Central Missouri, who did not even re receive any votes in the first preseason poll. After, Missouri, after beating Missouri Southern State, who was ranked third at the time, the Jennies have secured their spot in the top 10. Besides Central Missouri and Missouri State, this region has Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota State, Nebraska Kearney, Fort Hayes State, and Pittsburgh State, who could all find themselves in the late eight this year. Right now, Central Missouri has a two-game lead over the field, but there are no weeks off for them the rest of the way. And then there's the MIAA Conference Tournament, which is sure to be hard fought every round. The East region is another one that's not very strong. Assumption is the number one team in this region and the only team in the top 25 rankings. And they are ranked at number 18. Jefferson and Southern New Hampshire University are the two and three teams in this re region respectively. The Midwest region is much different than the East. This region has three teams in the top four. Ashland is the number one team in the country and in this region. Drury and Grand Valley State are tied for number two in the region and two and four respectively in the national poll. Eckerd is first in the South region and eighth in the national poll. Tampa is seventh in the national poll and third in the region. Lee comes in at second in the region and 22nd in the national poll. Nova Southeastern and Valdosta State are not ranked nationally, but are both very good teams. Expect to see this region swap the number one team several times before the end of the regular season. In the South Central region, Colorado School of Mines continues to hold the number one spot 
and they don't show any signs of letting go of that. Texas Women's is at second in the region, and Angelo State is third after beating West, West Texas, A&M, and Lubbock Christian last week. Georgia, Georgia Southwestern is number one in the Southeast region after they beat last week's and this week's number two team, North Georgia. And last week's number one team in the region, Lenore Rhine, had lost, as we talked about earlier. The West region still has Western Washington at the number one spot, followed closely by Cal State Dominguez Hills. Cal State San Marcos and Azusa Pacific are tied for the third spot in this region. Now I want to go through the top 10, and as usual, this is the WBCA coaches polls I'm talking about here. At number one, it's Ashland, as it has been for at least a couple of weeks now. Drury and Glenville State are tied for number two. Grand Valley State is fourth, Central Missouri fifth, and Western Washington is sixth. Tampa is seven, Eckerd is eight, Colorado School of Mines is ninth. Georgia Southwestern has entered the top 10 this week at number 10, moving in from the 14th spot after their win over North Georgia. A player I would like to spotlight this week is Brooke Littrell from Central Missouri University. Brooke is six foot two redshirt sophomore and a large part of the reason for the Jenny's success this season. She averages 19.9 points, 9.3 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 1.5 steals per game. She has won the MIAA Athlete of the Week Award for the past three consecutive weeks. She also comes up big in the big games. In Central Missouri's three biggest wins this year against conference rivals Missouri Southern State, University of Nebraska Kearney, and Fort Hayes State, Littrell has had a double-double in all three. Littrell is a top player in a top conference. I have to believe when the time comes, she will be given serious consideration for the D2 player of the year. Okay, now let's look at those remaining unbeaten teams. Only three left now. Number one ranked Ashland, fifth ranked Central Missouri, and 14th ranked Cal State Dominguez Hills. I don't see any games on these teams' schedules that look overly tough for the upcoming week, but you never know. This upcoming week, I don't see a lot of big games overall in D2 women's basketball but we may see some upsets. I'll be watching and I hope you will too. Also, if you go to the NCAA site, Wayne Cavati has posted his latest power rankings and he always has a good take. Please have a good weekend and enjoy the Martin Luther King Holiday Jr. holiday if you are lucky enough to get the day off. Take care. JP signing off.